As of today, in the province of Saskatchewan, with a population of about 1 million, there are 140 missing people. In the state of Arkansas, with a population of 3 million, there are 200 missing people. Hello, I'm your host, Sheena. And I'm your host, Christina. Welcome to Milk Carton Cases, a missing persons podcast dedicated to unsolved missing person cases in Canada and the U.S. Today, I will be discussing the disappearance of 22-year-old Danita Faith Big Eagle, who went missing from Saskatchewan. And I will be discussing the case of 47-year-old James Valdez, who disappeared from Boonville, Arkansas. Saskatchewan, the middle of my country. Mm-hmm. It supplies more than a third of the world's total exported durum wheat and is the world's top exporter of lentils and dry peas. Dried peas? Also lentils? I was like... In Canada? Weird, right? I feel like you need to fact check that. I don't understand. You're going to do it. Okay. How do you grow lentils? Um, not sure. I know I eat them. I know how to cook them. Is it a tree? I don't, I don't know. I actually don't know. They're a grain? vines. Oh. What? Lentils grow on sparsely branched vines from 18 to 24 inches tall. Uh, check if see to see if they're grown in Saskatchewan. Maybe Saskatchewan's lying to me. I don't, I mean like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Because they grow best in deep, sandy soils. What? Uh-huh. No. This must be a different Saskatchewan. <laughs> what is Saskatchewan? I mean, it's sandy soils? I, Saskatchewan? It's prairies. Yeah, that makes sense. Sand? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know shit about prairies. <laughs> I, guess, I was like, that, that sounds to me like a desert. <laughs> but... Because it's like... Um, um, dried earth? Fish? I mean, like, your backyard is all sand. Yeah, but like, oh that's yeah, not but like, like, I feel like Texas is pretty put in there. And I desert. I don't know if that's necessarily like sand. sand. That's not but real like, sand. That's not like a natural. I don't know if that's natural or not. I have sand. I feel like Why? Texas has a bunch of rocks. Mm. I bet it was just like filled in with something. Um, sorry. Okay. So is it true? Uh, I'm still. I, okay, you keep looking. I'll keep talking. Saskatchewan. It might be the hardest thing I've ever. S a s k a t c h e w a n. Yeah, it says uh, lentils are mostly grown in Canada. Hey, uh, I love lentils. Also, Asia, Australia, and Southern Europe. Mm. Canada is by far the biggest exporter of lentils, there you followed go. by India. Yeah, but so, that, I thought India would have been the lead. I definitely didn't think Canada, I definitely wouldn't have chosen Saskatchewan, but what do I know about growing lentils? I had no idea. I, didn't I just, like I said, I eat them. Were. I eat them and I love and them. And I cook them and that's it. And I don't understand how they work. <laughs> yeah. So, in addition to being a world leader and yeah, one of the world's mm-hmm. leaders in exporting lentils and dry peas, um... Uh, Saskatchewan is the fifth largest oil producer in North America. Hmm. And that is not super big news to me. Everyone in Canada who knows about oil, you, you go to Saskatchewan mm-hmm. uh, or Alberta to work in an oil 
farm? <laughs> yeah. Or a little rig. Nope. Mine. Nah. Farm? I think farm is right. I don't know. We're Texan. We get old oil? <laughs> we understand how oil works. Uh, um, oh, I'm not Texan. I was making a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't know what to call... I think it's just a field. An oil field. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Oil area yeah. where you get oil. Because I feel like oil rigs are like the water thi- ones. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Uh, no. I don't know. I have no idea. Forgive us. I'm making this up <clears throat> as I go. But Saskatchewan... Because Alberta is a... Yeah, is usually where people go to work for months on end, and it they pay well, but it's hard labor. Mm-hmm. And I guess Saskatchewan is the, the next place, which is I. They're real close to each other, so I guess it makes sense. That would make sense. Um. Uh. Yes. So, do you know anything else about this lovely province, um, Saskatchewan? Well, I did look some stuff up as you were talking. Oh. Okay. Um, and I found the Canadian rustic pony. Ooh. <laughs> um, back to ponies. Back to ponies. So uh, when I was reading this, I got a little confused because it said that it originated in Canada, particularly particularly Saskatchewan and Manitoba. And mm-hmm. it is the result of a cross between a heck horse and the Welsh pony Arabian horse. Uh, and then What? I, yes. I don't know what any a of those Welsh things are. A Welsh pony Arabian horse? Yes. That is one horse. One type of horse. So Is that a blend? Tomato probably horse? okay yeah because it's a it's a blend of a welsh pony and an arabian horse so it's three huh. horses combined to make the canadian rustic pony which feels weird so yeah and none of them are canadian none Wait, of them are canadian welsh i don't know Ar- uh arabic and what was the last one a heck horse what's that Okay. What the heck? Well, that, what the heck is the heck is a horse? horse? So maybe that's the Canadian. It, it was. It was a breed created by a German zoolo- German zoologist. No, that, that okay. So, so that makes it's Canada. another. It's another breed. Another <laughs> making of something. Cool. Are um, they? Yeah. So this is the part that um, made me kind of laugh a little bit. So the Canadian rustic pony was developed by Doctor Newfield of Manitoba, Canada, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but they developed it. By crossing horses from the Atlanta Zoo in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and it's a Canadian. It's an it originated in Canada, and I'm just trying to figure out how that worked out. Like, did they ship horses from the Atlanta Zoo to Canada, or did is that just called the Canadian? Or they're saying that it originated in Canada because the guy who did it was Canadian. You know, ah, I don't understand. I was gonna like he invented this mixed breed, he was so the one he who, can like, call it Canadian because he's Canadian. But I don't know because it's not Canadian in any way. Like these horses don't all of their mixes are not originally. No, Canadian. so I don't know. So I don't know if it's just called Canadian because the guy's Canadian, yeah. or if it's because they or, did do it in Canada. So then they can still call it like a Canadian pony. So I have uh, many oh, questions. I would assume that he did it in Canada. I would assume too. But Maybe he bought the horse from or... the Atlanta Zoo. You're gonna ship a horse from the Atlanta yeah. Zoo. I mean, it's not that far. That feels kind of far. I mean, it's not overseas. It's not overseas, but it's that's land. Kind of far. They're horses. Maybe he. Rode well, his he horse. did not ride a horse. <laughs> you don't know that. You, you do not know, know that. that. I don't know that. I no. also don't know when he made it either. Hmm. So, well, that's cool. It does say another horse that belongs to Canada. It does say what? It does say um, there's a 1978 date thrown out there. So I don't know if that was when he made them or if that's just like when they started to do things with the ponies. But they do say that they make good family pets. So. 
Again, the uh, Newfoundland pony. What was it called? Yeah, the Newfoundland Newfoundland pony. pony And the Canadian rustic pony. Just basically, if you want a pet horse, get a pony. (laughs) Yeah, but they grow to be horses, right? Ponies just a baby? Mm -mm. So ponies are just like small horses. So it's like a size characteristic. What do you call a baby horse? A foal. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. I didn't know that. I really thought it was pony and then horse. Nope, it's just like. Horses are bigger. Yeah. Ponies are smaller. But yeah, because you have those like miniature horses. But they're called called miniature miniature ponies. ponies. But I thought it was just like they're trying to be cute because it's like a small baby. Nope. It's just a small small pony, which is Uh, a different size classification of a horse. Okay. Cool. Very Mm -hmm. interesting. Well, that is pretty much all I have today on Saskatchewan. Getting back to my case, Mm -hmm. on Sunday, February 9th in 2007, Danita Faith Big Eagle left her mother's place where her two small children were living in the city of Regina in Saskatchewan. This was located um, in the 800 block of Victoria Avenue in Regina, just in case you're looking at a map. Her two children, daughter, daughter Cassidy, who was around two at the time, and son Talon, who was nine months at the time, were being cared for by her Danita's mother, Diane, while she was fighting off uh, drug and alcohol addictions. It was two days later on February 11th when Diana, Diane, excuse me, was expecting Danita to come by to see her children and she didn't show up that it set off alarms. So this marks the day that Danita became officially a missing person. Mm hmm. Danita's mother tells CBC News um, how her lack of communi- how the lack of communication from her daughter wasn't wasn't common and wasn't at all like her, and that she stressed she kept stressing that regardless of what was going on, she would have called and told her, "I'm not going to be there. I'm not. I'm going to be late." So when she didn't show up th- that day, uh, her mother went around the city searching for her daughter immediately. She looked everywhere that she could think of, her hangout spots, and even spoke to some people that she saw on the street, her peers um, asking anything and nothing really came from it. So to make a horrible situation even worse, when she contacted the Regina police on the 11th and after telling the officer more than once that she believed her daughter was missing, not much information came from him. So this is a little unclear, but then I reading further understood this, what she meant. So I guess Diane was asking the police officer, he or she, seen her daughter mm-hmm. and if maybe she was in custody or mm-hmm. like taken in for what. Right. If she what, was in jail somewhere. Yeah. She could know at least where she was. Right. So when she said nothing came from the conversation, he wasn't giving. Mm-hmm. I think it's he, but uh, they were not giving any information on anything. They were being very like. Cagey. Yeah. From what I can tell from the way she's explaining it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, she says that not much information came from the conversation. And then the officer told Diane that Danita was not at the police station. So, basically, that's how he, they ended it. Like, well, I can tell you that she's not, not at here. the police station. Okay. And suggested that Diane checks hospitals in the area instead. I feel like that's a pretty common thing yeah. to do, though. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like whenever somebody goes missing, it's like, you always check police stations and hospitals. 
Yeah, that's a good point. So I feel like mm-hmm. that that makes sense to me. That be like, okay, well, we don't have her here. Mm-hmm. She's not in any of our systems. Like check hospitals and check the hospitals there. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll give you that because I've been in a situation where I was looking for somebody, and that was one of the the um, things to do. suggestions to do. Mm-hmm. If it's but this is two days later, like, and mind you, okay, at this point it's the missing day. So I, okay, mm-hmm. all right, take it take it (laughs) um but being a mother looking for her daughter yeah you know that's the last thing that you Mm -hmm. want to hear um basically danita's missing persons report to the regina police service happened ended up happening officially on the 14th wow yeah so even then at that point uh, Danita's mother, Diane, says that there's uh, no immediate action was taken. Diane was told by police that it was likely her daughter was out partying and that she would find her before they would. Hmm. So it seemed like they just kind of blew it off. Had a, a prejudice bit. or something and they were like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so her mother would eventually describe some odd lack of behaviors that pointed towards her daughter actually being missing to the police like she said for example her if her daughter wasn't missing why hasn't she come home to get a change of clothes why hasn't she used her money um she says why hasn't she come home to eat um no not to laugh but like yeah that's like a legit thing you know yeah like she's just going off and partying but what about all the essentials you know she has kids also like why isn't she doing all these things right uh, if she's just partying anyway so there were apparent later on there were apparent sightings of danita that come out since the 11th of february i'm gonna list a few okay so one uh was in winnipeg which is the province right um to the right of saskatchewan so they're located in regina Uh uh-huh winnipeg is the capital of manitoba yeah that looks still pretty far that looks far to get there if you don't have if you're not using any of your money right so this um so this sighting happened in winnipeg and a man apparently a man and a woman apparently said that danita was at the manwin hotel for a couple of days and that she introduced herself by using the name tanya duck when diane thought back to the use of the this name um of the alias she recalled that danita actually liked the name tanya Hmm. um and that Danita's father's nickname is John Duck. Oh, that feels like a weird coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So, the second one. Another two women from Broadview, Saskatchewan, say that they, may, they met Danita at the Manwin Hotel. And she introduced herself as Danita Big Eagle, hmm. which is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't think anything of the meeting until they saw Danita's missing person poster at a gas station and the third one uh last sighting happens at a coachman hotel in regina so somehow either she's all the way out in winnipeg and then comes back to regina or Hmm. she it's just weird coincidences or somebody's pretending to be her or like using her name i don't know i don't know but so two people two different people 
say that they saw her at the same hotel. Right. That feels like a weird coincidence. Like either yeah. there's somebody else yeah. who like looks a lot like her and is yeah. using her name. Uh-huh. Or like maybe she doesn't even necessarily look like her, but like if you have that name in your head and you see a missing person poster, like you're might you might like think that they look the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Like your brain kind of makes it fit. Weird. It is weird. It's a strange coincidence. It is. And the same hotel. Um, I don't know of the dates. Okay. What was the Regina one? Um, oh, a hotel, a Coachman Hotel in Regina. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So two were, so, so the first one, it says it was in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. The second one, it was two women from Broadview, Saskatchewan said that they met Danita at the Manwin Hotel. I'm assuming it's the one in Winnipeg, Winnipeg but it doesn't specify. Got it. And then the last one's Regina. Regina at another hotel. Got it. So although her missing person report is dated on February 11th, the RCMP database, uh, Canada's missing, um, have, and her mother have different stories, sorry. Diane's neighbors ended up telling her that they saw Danita being grabbed by men driving a black SUV right in front of her house at the address 1555 Garnet Street from like right around the place where she's declared missing Mm -hmm. that's on the rcmp website so diane did give this information to police but nothing came from it so we've got like basically four sightings and the last one is like pretty crucial yeah i don't know how reliable the source is i don't know but that's what she's telling that's what the mother is telling CBC News when she's talking about the, the the disappearance of her daughter. Yeah. It was that the last thing that she heard was from her neighbors saying they witnessed. This which is bizarre because on the 9th, she had seen her mother and her kids and left. Right. And that's technically when the neighbors saw that situation happen. And then two days later, she was expected to arrive back at her mother's house to see her kids. And when she didn't show up, that's what set off alarms. Right. So in a sense, like, checks out timeline wise mm-hmm. but anyways mm. that's that's the story okay that i have on danita uh her aliases are gaddy danita faith duck tanya um or tanya duck even mm-hmm. it's possible she was 22 when she disappeared a female she's indigenous she has brown uh eyes black straight short hair uh, straight teeth her height is uh, 168 centimeters five six five feet six inches she weighs about 110 pounds or 50 kilograms and she's got a slender build danita faith big eagle is a mother of two push that into people's brains a little bit <laughs> Uh, if you have any information regarding Danita's case, please contact the Regina Police Service Cold Case Unit at 306-777-6500 or Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Um, that is my case for this week. Should we take a break? Yes, let's do that. Forty-seven-year-old James Valdez disappeared from Boonville, Arkansas, on June 12, 2021. 
Um, so just to orient everyone, Arkansas is in the southeastern part of the country, just above Louisiana and underneath Missouri. Um, so, Sheena. Yes. Uh, have you ever seen the picture of the United States turn into a chef holding fried chicken? No. So if you look it up, <laughs> you can see that... Um, Let me see this. Basically, in the middle of the country, they have turned it into a chef where Minnesota is the hat, Iowa is the head, uh, Missouri is the shirt, Arkansas is the pants, Louisiana is the boots, and then oh, to make it easy to find Kentucky, you have Tennessee being the pan, and Kentucky is the, the fried chicken. chicken. So you have your Kentucky fried chicken right there. So that's awesome. That's just this fun that's little... Really I don't funny. know how this would ever help anybody. I don't know. Well, it helps unless me. You're, unless you're trying to find Kentucky. I feel like that's the only state it actually I've been you. to Kentucky. And now you can Now tell I can find where it is exactly on the map. I, I honestly is. would have never been able to spot it on a map. Yep. So... I wonder if there's more like this. I don't, I don't know hmm. what other states would... Uh, Turn into a person's face. Well, that one on the top left looks like a face, like a profile of somebody's mm. face a bit. Wisconsin. Is that Wisconsin? That is Wisconsin. Okay. Do you Wisconsin- see it? Well, Wisconsin and Illinois both kind of look like they faces. could turn into faces. Mm. But like, there's no Is bodies. Illinois right next to it? Yeah. So okay. Illinois is, so you see like the finger pointing down of water. The finger of water is Lake Michigan. Um. Okay. You got your mitten of, Minis- of Michigan, you got Lake Michigan, and then on the bottom of Lake Michigan is Illinois. Mm-hmm. If that helps. Nope. <laughs> but I got you. Like, well, no, because, hold on, hear her. This is what I was looking at, this one. Yeah, so that's Wisconsin. That's Illinois. Oh, I was talking about this state. Oh. That one talking about like Montana. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because that's when he was like, mitten he's like, finger? I'm like, what? The- yeah, we were talking about different states. <gasps> oh, you're up here. Where's Illinois? Illinois is right across from the head of the the chef. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Like under his his chin. chin. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, yep. I see the finger and then where's the face? Oh, above it? Yeah. So I feel uh, like yeah. the face could turn yeah. into, I mean, like faces are all relative at, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so cool. So yeah, so fun. um that is a fun fact. <laughs> if anyone has never seen it, you can look that up. Um so today's case takes place mainly in Boonville, Arkansas, which is in the western part of the state. Uh just a little bit about Boonville. Um its economy was first based on the railroad and the Arkansas State Turkey Tuberculosis Sanatorium, which feels Crazy. So the sanatorium was open from 1910 to Mm -hmm. 1973, Mm -hmm. and in that entire time, it treated over 70,000 white Arkansans, and at one point, there were so many people in the sanatorium, it was greater than the population of Boonville. The population in the sanatorium outnumbered the population of Boonville. How? Okay. There were more people in the sanatorium than Boonville. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like everybody from the state would come here to get their TV treated. Wow. Yep. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. It was that wide or that much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. So if you want a, a fun podcast about tuberculosis, tuberculosis. you can listen to uh, the <clears throat> This Podcast Will Kill You, their episode on tuber- mm. tuberculosis was very good. Um, so right now, the population of Boonville is just under 4,000. So Small. It's pretty small. Uh-huh. Yep. But still, I feel like if that was the population whenever it was 
outranked by the tuberculosis sanatorium. Like, that's a lot of people in the sanatorium at uh-huh. once. Big time. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Okay. So now to get on to the case. Um, on June 10th, 2021, 47-year-old James Valdez got in an <clears throat> argument with his wife of one month. Her name is Anna. Um, at the time, they were living with her mother and her brother in Boonville, Arkansas. Uh, Later that day, he went to her work to talk to her, but she said that she didn't have time, so he went back to the house and packed a bag of clothes and $600, and he left in their 2010 Chevrolet Equinox that was actually registered to Anna. Um, So Anna said that James suffered from diabetes, and even though he didn't need insulin, whenever his blood sugar was off, he would become agitated, Um, and he just never came home after they got in their argument. He was seen again on the 12th when he had dinner with friends, but I couldn't find where that was, if it was, like, in Boonville or right. if it was in a nearby town, you know? Okay. <clears throat> um, on June 19th, the car was found abandoned in Sugar Grove by Anna's boss's husband, who Anna's was visiting boss. a family... S- Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yep, it's, just, like, it's a lot Anna's of words. boss's husband. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was visiting a family cemetery, and he was friends with James, so that's how he recognized... I was going to say, how did that... How did he even know it was his car? Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's how he recognized what car it was. Sugar Grove is only 14 minutes southeast of Boonville, um, but it's described as very rural. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not a lot. Not a lot of... In that area. Going on. Car was in a spot known as the swimming hole or the bluff. Apparently his old family home was in the area, but he didn't have a reason to To go there. To be visiting it, right? Yeah. It kind of made it sound like... It was not the family home anymore, so it's not like oh. it's probably somebody else was living there. So it's not like you would just go to look a at visit or yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's just to say, like he is familiar with the area because he grew up nearby there, right? You know. Once she heard about the car, Anna went and took pictures of the inside and the outside. Um, the driver's seat looked like it was cut or torn, and it was also pushed farther forward than usual. Parts of the engine were damaged or disconnected, and the words, he is near, help me, were written in dirt on the rear windshield. What? Mm-hmm. Um, James's keys and his phone were missing, and some of his personal items, such as clothing, might also have been gone, but they're not. It seems like they're not really sure. sure what was in the car and what was not. Um, so the next day, Anna reported him missing, but by the time the police came to look at the car, it had rained, and the words that were written had been erased. But because Anna had taken pictures, she could show them what the car looked like when she saw it. Police and a dive team searched the area and were able to find his insurance card, loose change, and some clothing. His car keys and phone were never found, and uh, his phone couldn't be tracked anyway because he just used it with Wi-Fi and it didn't have an actual carrier on it. Oh, So it's not like it was pinging off of towers or anything. Damn. Um, Anna also said that um, a forty caliber Glock that she had bought for him was also missing, and it was never found. Mm. Um, so you would think that the car would have been processed because there's clearly damage to it, and it looks like somebody else drove it besides James, since the seat was so pushed. pushed back mm-hmm. forward. Yep, <clears throat> but it was never checked for blood or fingerprints. Why not? Great question. I have no idea. Okay. Um, eventually, some locals came forward and admitted to writing the message on the back of the car as a prank. What? But, like, if you kind of think about it, like, in the middle of nowhere, like, te- like teenagers, oh, you God. know? Yeah. So they said that on June 17th, which was oh, um, two days before her boss's husband found, found the, car, the car, yeah. 
um, they said that they saw the car, that they first saw the car running with a person inside, but when they came back a couple of hours later, it was off and the person was gone, which is when they wrote the message, which, like, I could see that being thought of as, like, a harmless prank. If you see somebody in the car, it's running, you know, mm-hmm. it feels like everything's fine. You come back, the person's gone, you just assume that they, like, went for a hike or a walk or something, you know, write the message on the back of the car to freak mm-hmm. them out. But Was it, like, parked on the side of this tree? Or it, it was... it. Felt like it was because he said he he saw it the the husband's uh, the boss's husband mm-hmm. he saw it driving was it in a parking lot was it on the side of the street I don't know because it was it just says that it was in a spot known as a swimming hole or the bluff so in my okay, mind so like that's it's... like a country road in the middle of nowhere like maybe a parking lot maybe right but not. It, no my I guess my question more is like I I was picturing it like in the trees. I don't think something so. like that, but if it's like, it feels just, like it's kind of in get, an area that like if you're going to this spot, you would park you it would there park and there. walk from there. Or, yeah, okay. that's what it sounds like to me. Okay. Um, Anna said that it was common for James to leave a couple of days at a time, but not usually without warning or getting in touch with his family, especially his daughter. So it seemed kind of out of character, yeah. not to at least let them know that he was going to be gone. <clears throat> so James is a 47-year-old white male, 5'9 to 5'10, 200 to 220 pounds. He has brown eyes, brown hair, a goatee, and a mole on his left cheek. He also has a tattoo of the name Sierra on his left arm. He was last seen wearing black checkered shorts, and anyone with information is asked to contact the Boonville Police Department at 479-675-3508. That's my case. Okay. So it feels like there could have been a lot of information. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would have felt like, though, seeing the car and then seeing that that message. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that would mess my, my mind up. Yeah. Okay. It's like, how do you feel about that she just, like, went and took pictures? Hmm. I thought about that for a second, but then I'm like... <sighs> I feel like people do that all the time now. Something happens and they take out their phone. Yeah. What year was this? This was in uh, 2021. Okay. Yeah. But like, I mean, you would have to drive. She had to drive out there Mm -hmm. and she took pictures and then she just went home. Right. She didn't call the cops right away. It was the next day. It was the day after, which like if he's been, if he, if she's used to him disappearing for a couple of days. That's weird. No, no, that that's strange. I, I don't know. But I thought she took pictures and then called the cops. Mm-mm, it was the next but it's, day. But, like, I didn't realize it was the, the next day. That's a little strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she... Almost like it's normal that he... That's weird. Yeah, because, I mean, like, she says that she's used to him disappearing, but, like, usually he'll at least, like, say something about it. So she was, like, following him and didn't want to... It almost... To me, it almost felt like she knew that he was upset because they had just gotten the argument. Yeah. So he, like, took off. And then it was like she was taking pictures. I don't know. Like, I don't know why you would go down and take pictures and then just be like, because in my mind, it was like, okay, like, you're used to him disappearing. Like, yeah, maybe, like, give him a day to, like, be like, okay, well, at least we know where his car is. Like, we'll give him a day to, like, if he comes back or something like that. No, you but know? if you're worried enough to go looking and you find his car abandoned, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I wouldn't. 
You just call the cops. I would probably call the cops, or at the very least, like look around in the area and call the phone. If the phone's not ring, like then it'd be like, "Fuck it's this!" Like, I'm like, worried, right? And like maybe that is what she did. And like who knows, you know? But or like looked mm. in the area and like I'm sure she was calling his phone and all that stuff. But hmm. yeah, to me, that was he just has Wi-Fi though odd. to use the phone. So that doesn't. Yeah, yeah he should couldn't really call it. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I don't know. Bizarre. Mm-hmm. For sure. Weird case. Yes. Okay. Um, so, that was this week's podcast. We're, uh, at this point, we're now going to try and release two episodes a month. Mm-hmm. It's a couple weeks in between each one. So, the first, um, the week, of, the first Thursday of every month, and then the third Thursday of every month, we're going to try and release these episodes. <clears throat> and that's pretty much it. So, you want to say goodnight? Um, so or be, good day? <laughs> be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cases Milk, and you can follow, rate, and review us wherever you get this podcast. Also, please send any cases you'd like for us to cover to our email at milkcartoncases at gmail.com. So, keep your eyes sharp. And your ears open.